everybody. How are you doing today? Welcome back. This is Mark. Welcome to another episode of this Poor Pastors Podcast. If you clicked on this episode accidentally, which isn't likely, but it's possible, don't leave. Don't leave. Stay. Pull up a chair. Grab a cup of coffee. Let's have a chat. Let's spend the next 30 minutes together letting me talk into your ear canal. That's not awkward at all. Today, I want to talk to you about the holidays, especially from a pastor's point of view. I want to share with you some of the mistakes I've made, some of the things I've learned, and how I feel about the holidays, because as everybody knows, everybody cares how pastors feel about everything. You know, you listen to us pastors talk sometimes, and you do distinctly get the feeling like we're convinced that the world revolves around us and that our feelings on the topic really, really matter. I was recently watching a question and answer session at a, well, it was more like a response to pre-written and pre-selected questions at a, at a church in our area. And all of the questions that the pastor selected and the only ones that he had time to talk about were ones where people asked his opinion about certain things. I, I, I appreciate it when people ask my opinion about certain things, uh, but honestly, if you knew me very well, one, you might just, you know, slap me in the face. But secondly, you might think, you know, maybe Mark's opinion about current events isn't that valuable. And having heard a lot of pastors' opinions about current events and prophecy and end times, I kind of think their opinions aren't very valuable either. I love how the Apostle Paul said, listen, I just want to talk about Christ. That's what's important when I'm in front of you. Anyway, pastors are a little narcissistic. I'm going to engage and indulge that narcissistic tendency by talking to you about my views of the holidays. Your pastor may see things differently. Maybe you don't have a pastor. Maybe you're looking for a pastor, and so you're wondering how you should choose a pastor based upon his personality and personal positions on the holidays. I certainly wouldn't go to a church where a pastor didn't believe like I did about Christmas or Thanksgiving, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, Mother's Day. Father's Day, National Chocolate Day, National Kiss Your Pet Day, Donut Day, National Coffee Day, all the holidays, all the ones that are important. I think I've talked about holidays in the past on this podcast, but this is a work in progress. We're growing. We're changing. A good friend of mine who's been listening to the podcast and is remaining a good friend of mine, ironically, has called me several times to ask me about some things that I've said on the podcast uh, you know, almost 100 episodes ago, and I had to say, wait, what did I say? I don't remember. I might have changed my mind since then, especially if I've had any, you know, decent time to think about something. We're all growing and changing. Holidays can be a stressful time for pastors. Over the Thanksgiving holiday, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, I set aside the series that we're currently teaching. I'm currently um, preaching a series that I've entitled A Biblical View of Life, Its Origins and Ends. It's a really, you know, I'm really proud of that title. But I set it aside the Sunday before Thanksgiving so I could preach the obligatory Thanksgiving message. And you know what? It really was kind of eh, bland. 
I mean, I preached it because that's what everybody expects to hear the Sunday before Thanksgiving. But then I was like, well, that wasn't life-giving at all. So I went and listened to several local pastors hoping one of them had preached a message that would feed my soul. And they were all preaching the standard random, you know, um, not random, but the standard Thanksgiving message as well. The thing about holidays that happen every year is it's difficult to preach something that doesn't just feel like a plate of warmed up mashed potatoes and turkey the day after Thanksgiving. Delicious in its own right, but not as good as it would have been fresh. You know what I mean? Now we're coming into the Christmas season. I have friends who participate in preaching messages all about Advent. They really get into the Advent thing. And this last Sunday was Advent Sunday. And I didn't preach about Advent. I should have maybe. I'm not sure. I struggle with that, you know, because I get bored with things easily. It's really amazing that I've done over 100 episodes of this Poor Pastors podcast because I do get bored with things and I want to go on and do something else. I'm just having such a blast doing this. I mean, I wish you could be in my office studio and watch me as I'm just speaking into this microphone. It's, 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 uh, it's exciting. Almost as exciting as going to church on any given national holiday, knowing what you're going to hear. You know, on Mother's Day, you have to preach a message about Mother's Day. On Father's Day, you have to preach a message about fathers. On Memorial Day, you have to preach a message about all the people who gave their lives so we could live in a free country. On Veterans Day, you have to preach a message about the greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends, or five ways to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You know, you can almost write these sermons for the pastors because you know what you're going to hear. Now, if that sounds a little bit cynical, I guess it is a little bit cynical, and I'm not even 100% in agreement with everything I just said because I also recognize that in the Bible, uh, that's a book that we sometimes reference on Sundays, in the Bible, we have records of feasts, yearly feasts. I don't remember how many there are. I should know. It's somewhere between seven and a thousand feasts that the Jews had to um, participate in once a year. Those of you who are Bible scholars, maybe email me or text me and let me know. But at these feasts, you know, it was the it was the same message. You know, in in, in the uh, feast, one of my favorites, the feast of the Passover, and God. Through Moses told the children of Israel that, you know, when you do this feast and your children ask you, what, what's this feast all about? And then you tell them. And there's only one message. I mean, the message on the feast of the Passover was always the Passover. Passover was always the same because it, we needed to be reminded of things. And I think, so I think annual messages are not a bad thing. What's hard, though, right, is keeping them meaningful. So I, I struggle back and forth. So sometimes I just completely ignore the holidays and preach the messages I was always going to preach. Then I feel bad, and the next year I preach all holiday messages, and then I get bored with that. And I need to be more consistent, I think. Holidays are difficult times for churches and for pastors because so many other things are competing for people's time. In my tradition, you know, the three to thrive tradition, the idea of canceling a church service is anathema. I'm not sure, but you might even go to hell for it. You certainly can't be a Baptist. 
God forbid. Now, this was my upbringing and my view of it for a good number of years. But as my view of the church began to change and grow and evolve, and I began to look at the local church that I was a part of as a body of people, a, an, an organism rather than an organization, um, I changed my view on this. You remember that story in the Bible where Jesus and his disciples are walking down a road and the disciples are hungry and so they pick some corn, wheat, and they begin to eat it. I think they didn't wash their hands or something too, just like guys. Anyway, they got in trouble because they were doing this on the Sabbath day. And Jesus was always getting in trouble for either healing somebody on the Sabbath or doing something on the Sabbath that broke the religious rules. Now they're eating on the Sabbath. They're picking corn on the, not that they couldn't eat on the Sabbath, but they're picking corn. They're doing the work, ah, making people all kinds of mad. And Jesus said, you know, I think it's good to stop right here and remember, he said, that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath. You know, it's not as easy as all that to figure that out if you just read in the Old Testament because it it really does give you... I can understand why the Pharisees and why many of the Jewish people viewed it the way they did. I mean, when you just look at the instructions given in the Torah, there's not a lot of indication that this is something that was created specifically for man's benefit. Uh, but Jesus said... That was God's intention. I wonder how many other things we misunderstand like that. Anyway, he said, look, you guys, you knuckleheads, the Sabbath wasn't made for, for man to prop it up like a golden calf. It was made for man's benefit. And if the observance of the Sabbath actually is a detriment to the very men that it was supposed to be a blessing to, then by all means, first seek the blessing or the benefit of life and preserving life. Now, they weren't going to die if they didn't eat that day, but even just missing a meal. Jesus said, I'm not going to have them miss a meal just because it's the Sabbath. The whole point of the Sabbath was for men. And now you want to use the Sabbath to be a burden on the very men that it was intended to be a blessing to. There's more to be thought about there, but I'm just going to leave you with that to mull over as I move along and apply this to the holidays. I think we have a tendency to do this in a lot of areas, and I think the holidays is one of those areas. So pastors who are very concerned about the attendance on the holidays, whatever the holiday is, it seems to specifically be focused around Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter. But since Christmas often falls close to a Sunday and Easter always falls on a Sunday, you tend to hear about it more. Maybe Christmas is the number one offender. You know what I wonder? Since it's highly unlikely that Jesus was actually born on December the 25th, do you know how we could solve this issue? 
so that Christmas never falls on a Sunday and we never have to have these arguments, why don't we just decide as a, as a group of people, as a nation, as a world, like whoever makes this decision, whatever, whatever dark room with cloaked figures um, who make these decisions in these calendars, if it's the Pope or whoever it is that's supposed to do that, why don't we just make Christmas like we do Thanksgiving, like it's the third Thursday in December? You know, no matter what, it's the third, so that the date is always close to the same date, but it, it varies, but it's never on a Sunday, right? Thanksgiving is never on a Sunday. You talk about a day that would be down in attendance in most Baptist churches, and that would be Thanksgiving if it fell on a Sunday. I mean, it is the biggest meal of the year, and there's no way you're going to get people to come to church and miss out on that Thanksgiving meal and all the wives and grandmas and so on that are baking and cooking and all of that stuff. So, in, in the wisdom of the founders, they just decided that th- that uh, Thanksgiving would, would be on, you know, was it the third Thursday or the fourth Thursday? I think it's the third Thursday. Maybe it is the fourth Thursday. Anyway, it works, right? It works. Probably because when our founding fathers and the, whenever they, when did they say the Thanksgiving? When the pilgrims and the Indians, the Native Americans those who came before us, when those people were sitting around saying, I think we should probably do this on a regular basis. And since a lot of them were Puritans, I bet you their wives said to them, don't you even think about making it on a Sunday, Jack? So they didn't. But when it came to, when it came to Christmas, and since it was primarily the Catholic Church who set that date, and since most of the people involved in that weren't married, then we lost the benefit of having women involved in the, in the conversation of how to set that date. And so those men, they just made it on December. They just chose a specific date, and they made it not realizing that every seven years, it was going to fall on a Sunday. Dang it. Now we're stuck with it. Now we're stuck with it. So it is what it is. And Christmas this year falls on a Sunday. What are you going to do on Christmas this year? Now some people just won't go to church at all because Christmas falls on a Sunday. And so they'll stay home and do their Christmas stuff. And of course, we know those people will go directly to hell. There will also be people who, because of family in town, will uh, have an adjust. They'll adjust. Maybe they won't go to church two services. They'll just go one on Sunday so that they can spend extra time with their family. Then there are the diehards, you know, the ones who really and truly please God with all their heart, soul, and mind, who'll say, Christmas and Santa Claus can go to the devil. I'm going to go to church and celebrate Jesus' birthday this coming Sunday. You know, actually, we go to church on Sunday to celebrate Jesus' resurrection. But I digress. For years, for years, I pushed people, be at church on Sunday. I don't care if it's Christmas. It's Jesus' birthday. And we ought to, you know, imagine having a birthday party and nobody comes to your birthday party. How would you feel? Well, we're having a birthday party for Jesus on Sunday. And you better be there, dagnabbit. And you know what? Some people came and some people didn't. I don't know how successful that was, but one thing I am for sure about is that it wasn't life-giving or edifying to the people who came out of a sense of duty. You know who I love? I love people who come to church out of a sense of duty. I'm I'm, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm being serious. God bless the people who come to church when they don't want to. 
because they feel like they ought to be there to please the Lord. We need more of that. Sometimes I think service for the Lord matters most when we don't want to do it. But here's the thing, guys and gals. Here's the thing. What if, I'm just saying, what if there was another way? What if it didn't have to suck? (gasps) Anyway. So the first year that I was pastoring and Christmas fell on a Sunday, I got to be honest with you, because I'm married, we had Christmas plans, I just couldn't find it in my heart to really get stoked about two services in Sunday school on, on Christmas Sunday. So we did something radical. We canceled Sunday night church. For the first time in my life, we canceled Sunday night church. No Sunday school. And we had a 1030 service and invited people to come. And we had a special Sunday service. And a lot, by the way, a lot of people came. What a bless. It was a wonderful, it was, it was one of the best Christmas Sundays that I've ever had. I'm not saying it's the best Christmas I ever had, but it was the best Christmas on a Sunday that I ever had. The best Christmas I ever had was the year I got an electric train set from my parents I didn't have anything to do with church, but it was a great sun. It was a great Christmas. Absolutely. So anyhow, we did that. And I thought this is wonderful. And every year we have tried to make some changes, even on, even on years like when Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday and Christmas falls on a Monday. I think one of the things that seems to be missing that we maybe could use some balance in, my good buddy, Michael Britt, with his podcast on balance. I wish he'd talk about this thing, this balance. But anyhow, one of the ways, one of the, oh, excuse me, I just hiccuped. One of the things that we could use some balance in is balance between dedication to the service schedule of the church and a willingness to adjust that service schedule in a way that recognizes that the people who come to church or that the church is the people and everything we do should be for their good to edification. All the words that we speak, all the actions and the programs that we have are for the people. You see, sometimes I think churches and pastors forget that the worship of God is important and that our corporate gathering is important, but sometimes we elevate it the way the Pharisees elevated the Sabbath, where the program is more important, but the program is designed for the people, not the people for the program. And if, you're, uh, if you are guilt-tripping people, forcing people to uphold a program because it's tradition and because we need to do this, even though you can tell it would be a blessing and a benefit to them to alter that program on this given Sunday so that, you, so that they could be with their families and enjoy the holiday, a holiday that only comes around once a year and so on and so forth. I think that it would be good if we could remember that people are the thing that matters most. And let's be honest, most of the Christmas services we have are not that outstanding. Not on Christmas Day. 
Now, you can do whatever you want to do. You don't need me to even tell you that you can do whatever you want to do. You literally can do whatever you want to do. But for me as a pastor, I have found that it has been a blessing both to my family and to the people in my congregation to spend a little bit of time on special holidays like Christmas, especially when it falls on a Sunday, thinking about how we can adjust the services in a way where we can honor the Lord on the Lord's day and release our people to enjoy all the blessings of that special day. I found that to be more beneficial than simply forcing people to uphold a program and forgetting that the program was made for the people, not the people for the program. And pastor, you got to lead in this area. And you can't let the brethren discourage you or guilt you or cause you to be afraid. Think about your people this holiday season. Think about them and ask yourself, what's best for them? How could I be the greatest blessing to them? How could I enhance their relationship with God this year? Well, I'll tell you how their relationship could be enhanced if they get their butt in the pew for three Sundays. I don't care if it's Christmas or not. Right, but I mean, for the rest of the normal people, think about how they could be blessed through a holiday schedule that worships God and acknowledges the desires of their heart to be with their family and friends and travel to see parents and so on and so forth. There are a lot of pastors who will force people to be in church on Sunday on Christmas, and then those people will have to go back to work on Monday. The pastor will take off and he'll go have Christmas with his family on Sunday. Especially if you're paid full-time pastor, I think it's good for you to remember that most people have a limited amount of free time with their families. And maybe there's a way that it doesn't have to be one or the other. Maybe it can be both. An adjusted schedule to be a blessing. And you know what? This principle that I'm talking about would really work all year long. Don't be afraid to make adjustments to be a blessing to the people that you serve. Don't set your schedule for an imaginary person who may or may not ever show up. Do church in a way that honors the Lord and honor the Lord by shepherding his people in a way that gives them rest, in a way that points them to Christ, in a way that brings them joy, and in a way that recognizes that the Sabbath wasn't, man wasn't made for the Sabbath, rather, but Sabbath was made for man. Those are just some thoughts. I'm going to end early. Yeah, I'm going to end early. You know why? Because I can. Because it's my podcast. Because you've listened and I'm out of things to say. One thing you should never do is go longer when you have nothing left to say. Hey, you know what? I hope you're going to have a great Christmas. I'll probably talk to you again before Christmas Day gets here, but I hope that your church has a blessed Christmas. 
that the reality of Christ's birth and all that that means, that the message of goodwill toward men, peace on earth, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, I hope that that greatest gift of salvation through God's Son is magnified in your church and ministry this holiday season. And I hope you get exactly what you're hoping for under the tree. Hey, everybody, God bless you. Again, email me thispoorpastor at gmail.com or send me a text, 910-265-7297. Please identify yourself so I know who you be. That'll help me. Have a great week, everybody.